It's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie D. Today, we're going to talk about restaurants. That's right. The uh, famous place we all know and love to eat at that you pay for. Yes. For the sake of conversation today, we're talking about modern restaurants. What is a restaurant? (laughs) A contemporary restaurant, the kind of restaurants that we all go to, is a business where they prepare and serve food and have drinks for customers in exchange for money but it also implies that there is a menu okay and that you can order and eat in or whatever modern restaurants are a relatively new development did you know that no what was what was the antecedent to modern restaurants old restaurants obvious <laughs> vintage restaurants old tiny restaurants is the is the technical term <laughs> Okay. What was an old-timey restaurant? Okay, so prior to the advent of modern restaurants, restaurants were usually places where you could eat as a part of like room and board somewhere. Like if you st- you would get a room somewhere, right. you would, there would be sleeping facilities there for you. Okay. Later versions of that, they they would have like options for eating, but additionally like older restaurants even than that, you did not get to pick what you were going to eat. So the idea of room and board, correct me if I'm wrong. So the room obvious It's like a square that you sleep in, Mm -hmm. and you close the door, hopefully. Mm -hmm. The board, originally, that was when everybody would get a piece of lumber, and they would balance it, right? They would balance it on their knees. Like, they would all sit in a circle, and they would balance the wood on their knees, yeah. That sounds... Imagine, like, all the people in the cars around you that you drive with in traffic where they're all buzzing around you and you're trying to get around them and they're trying to get around you and everybody's really disrespectful. Imagine trying to balance a lumber on your knees and then eat the food. And then back then it was all like bones and stuff. Like you would... You would just chew on the bones mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't have chicken nuggets. No. Modern restaurants are boneless. Yeah. <laughs> so you couldn't, you couldn't, back then you couldn't decide what you were going to eat. If you went to a restaurant, which wouldn't have been called a restaurant, because like I said, that wasn't until like the late 1700s that people started really calling them restaurants. Yeah. You would just have to sit down with a group of people and they would, it would be like family style. Like they would bring out a pot of soup. And everyone would share the pot of soup. And then that was that. Yeah. But you were hungry. Yeah. I mean, people were hungry then. They were like skinny and hungry, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Like now, if you went to, if you went someplace and they said, we're all having soup, you might say no, right? Mm-hmm. People wouldn't do that. It was harder to get food then. This is for another episode, but it's my understanding that back then people like actually ate more calories than we do now. Yeah. Because they walked around. Mm-hmm. And they did farm work. And then even just like the basics of like putting on your pants and stuff, like because they didn't have zippers, you probably had to like thresh them or something. (laughs) You had to do like manual labor. Yeah. I mean, zippers are manual labor too, though. Yeah. I think zippers are like emotional labor, but. (laughs) So even prior to what I was just describing, the in style eating arrangement where you probably had to get a room (laughs) in addition to paying to eat. There were some taverns and places like that where you could order food, but you could not order just a single serving size of food. You had to order like the whole batch. And so it was your responsibility to either eat the whole thing or find people to share it with. And there wasn't any choice either. 
He'd be like, I'll have a pot of what you're making. Oh, and they'd go make it for you, and then that's... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, prior to those times, like, we're, now if we want to talk about, like, super old-timey times, in ancient Greece and ancient Rome, both, they had uh, these establishments called Thermopolia that were basically, like, fast food places where you can go and you can buy, like, something hot to eat. And they were primarily set up for the poor people in town because the poor people couldn't afford to have kitchen facilities in their house. So was it like ancient street food? Kind of. They had like these things that kind of looked like bain-maries. There's like big stone tables that had big pots set down into them. Yeah. To me, it looked like it was probably similar to like a cafeteria arrangement. And cafeteria, that sounds like one of those ancient words, doesn't it? Yeah. You should look it up. Bing it, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to take this time while while he is binging it. (laughs) To let you guys know that when I am reading my notes for this podcast, my handwriting is gorgeous. Like, that's usually what I'm thinking about when I'm doing this podcast is how great my handwriting looks. What did you find out about cafeterias? A cafeteria is a food service location where there's no table service, but the food has already been prepared and the food is there waiting for you and you get it and you can eat the food instantly. And in many cafeterias, you can choose the food. There are food options. So did you find out when they were invented? Is it an ancient thing or did they just invent that on their march towards dehumanizing us more and more? It didn't say. Well, that's a fucking useless article you pulled up. Yeah, it's like, and they had a bunch of other stuff, and they said, uh, did you mean coffee house? And no, clearly. No. I've no. never referred to a coffee house as a cafeteria. Yeah, I think there the might. The word cafeteria kind of feels very institutional. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel, doesn't feel like something where you'd be like, oh, I'm feeling like I'm having such a nice and fancy day. I want to splash out and go to the cafeteria. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's very. It's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> like the last time I went to a place that was called cafeteria, there was a guy who had hair tattooed on his head. That guy definitely had hair tattooed on his head. And it was like, I was really, he was our waiter. Yeah, he was nice. He was nice. It was really hard not to be looking at it though. It's like he had like, he'd obviously lost all the hair. And then he mm-hmm. had the hairline drawn back in, and then it was just tattooed solid black. I mean, it's an option. Everybody has options. That was just what he chose. One thing that I read that I really liked that I was not aware of, the one thing that influenced the development of modern restaurants was the French Revolution. No way. Mm-hmm. So it was let them eat cake, but it was like pick out, do you want meringue? <laughs> chocolate cake no and she said that in marie when she said that it was because they said well we don't have bread and it was france and it's baguettes no what happened was during the reign of terror all of the noble class yeah started immigrating and like bounced like just fucking getting out of there right yeah yeah all of these people had classically trained chefs that lived in their houses. And so they were basically abandoned and didn't have anything to do. Oh, so they were like... Oh. We need to do something because there's no rich people here. They all left us here. There's no rich people here for us to go live in their house and cook their food and stuff for them. So they started developing so- restaurants. Yeah. We had to find something to do, and we don't know how to do anything else. Yeah, and so they started cooking for normal people. Mm-hmm. It's French cooking, so they it was probably pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
I almost wonder if the only reason that people think that French cooking is extremely fancy is just because that was like the first thing where they had restaurants at all. And so that was the first it was presented to people as a commodity. It was was branding. (laughs) Yeah, that was the first hashtag. Was it? (laughs) (laughs) So, so yes, they started developing these guys in France and the late 1700s, but the United States, they did not have modern restaurants until the late 18th century. So the late 18th century. So that was like Ben mm-hmm. Franklin was probably tootling around and he said, you know what's hot in France right now? And then John Adams was like chopping everybody's fucking head off. And he's like, yeah, but I was thinking restaurants. <laughs> Like in Ben, because Ben Franklin was like kind of in power. He was like a shadow. Mm-hmm. He was like making moves, but he wasn't directly in the driver's seat because he knew what could happen. He knew he could get his head chopped off. Yeah. So he was just laying back. Yeah. When they started having restaurants here, they had obviously popular restaurants. And so most of the restaurants that were opened were oyster houses. Oh, yeah. And coffee houses. Like, those were, like, the two most popular kinds of restaurants back when they first started popping up here. Well, I get coffee house and oyster houses just because they were on the East Coast, right? I wonder if it's part partially um, because it was on the East Coast, but also I imagine that people did not prepare oysters at home. Like, they probably didn't have, like... It's probably hard to preserve at your home. Yeah. Do you... You don't like oysters, do you? I don't like oysters. I really, I've never liked oysters. And, uh... Do they just not cook them? Is that the thing with oysters? I don't think I've ever seen them cooked. I feel like I've had one, but that might have been a mussel or something. But I went to a raw oyster thing, and it was on the ocean. So I was like, you know, if I'm going to try oysters anywhere, it's going to be here. And they gave me six of them. I got three of them down. That's all. That's as far as I could go. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't do raw. I can't do like... There's something about that texture. It is like fish snot. I just don't like it. It's just one of the few things I don't like. When it comes to oysters, you know what I have to say is, let me eat cake. So, okay, so going to the restaurants used to be, like, not that common. But even in the last, like, 40 or 50 years, it's it's totally popped off. In the 70s, there was one restaurant for every 7,500 people. It doesn't seem like very many. It's not very many. By 2016, there was one restaurant for every 310 people. So there has been a crazy explosion in the number of restaurants just in the past 50 years. And that also explains why restaurants close so fast. And they do close really fast. And they did a study in Cleveland where they found that one in four new restaurants would be closed or sold to a second party within a year of them opening. One in four. Wow. Rip in peace. Noodle Cat. (laughs) Do you remember Noodle Cat in Cleveland? Noodle Cat was a bummer, dude. It was really good when it opened, and then they were going to open one here, and then they just kind of shit the bowl. You know, I went to no- the first time I went to Noodle Cat, it was like the best soup I had ever had. Extremely amazing. And then the second time I went to Noodle Cat, it was still really fucking good, and I was still really glad I went to Noodle Cat. And then we went the third or fourth time, and like suddenly like my egg was hard-boiled. 
Yeah. Oh, that's not good. They and they move to that weird like menu where you're not even quite sure what how to order. Yeah, that's not a good sign. That fast casual style of like ordering. I hate that. Where it's just like we have this, 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 and this, and you could pick one of these and two of these and one of those and one of those. And it's just like so nothing is like made as an actual entree. And so you have to hope that you get the mix right that's not good and then they closed yeah that was a bummer because they were really fucking good when they first opened i'm about some soup you know i throw down on some fucking soup and to see a to see a soup place that was that good just go downhill it was just it was it hurt me personally we've talked ohio stuff on here before i don't know if we've mentioned before that ohio disproportionately loves soup the one food that people eat in ohio that they that we eat here more than any other state eats is soup and so you would think a soup restaurant so you know what buddy if you fuck the soup up in ohio like people want it you're not giving it to them you're at fault mm-hmm. into your you fucked it up because i'm gonna eat soup for dinner and i'm not exaggerating two or three times a week i will eat it more times a week than that if we make it at home in addition to going out for soup <laughs> Well, what are you going to eat? What do people eat? Are they going to go get a big bowl of uh, salad? You know when they say you are what you eat? I'm soup. That's what I am. I'm soup. I'm fine with that. I'm going to mix it stuff with wet. (laughs) Sounds pretty accurate. (laughs) You know, I had a friend once who was absolutely, he was absolutely appalled at people who would drink while they were eating. He was really offended. (laughs) Yeah. He always acted like it just repulsed him. Like, and he tried to hold it together. It wasn't like he was trying to push this on other people. One day he brought it up. He said, you know, I just don't understand. When people are eating meals, I don't understand why they have to drink. And I said, well, what What do you mean? Like, you know, when you eat a bunch of food, you have to drink, like, because your mouth gets dry and stuff and your food, I imagine you chew it up, it sucks the moisture out. He says, you know, if you drink liquids while you're eating, it just turns you into a big bowl of soup. (laughs) And there was... I mean, there was nothing I, there was no way I could counteract his viewpoint. Yeah. But I never, you know, I guess he never ate soup, so. What if he ate soup? Would that give him a pass to have a beverage? (laughs) You you didn't ask him the serious question. I don't know. You know what? I'm too polite. I didn't dig in. I should have really dug in. I didn't have a podcast then. (laughs) You just need to, like... Make it seem like you're just trying to get to know him and, like, don't grill him about it, you know? Yeah. Because that's I, interesting. What about when you have soup, though? That's what I, you know, be real casual about it. Real, <laughs> real casual, yeah. So, what if you're having soup, though, huh? Yeah. So in the future, if you, <laughs> if you know me and I ask you a casual question, I'm actually digging. <laughs> So, one-third of Americans, their first job was working in a restaurant. Really? Mm-hmm. Was your first job working in a restaurant? No. Was your second job working in a restaurant? Yes. My second, uh, well, uh, What was your first job? Uh, my first job was working in a gift shop. It was uh, bizarrely bad. I think my second, third jobs 
were restaurant or restaurantish. I uh, my first food job, I worked at the concession stand at a at a concert arena. It was exactly as bad as you would think it would be, but worse. <laughs> Have you ever had a job where you weren't allowed to sit down? Yes. Yeah, I've had many jobs like that. Yeah, you weren't allowed to sit down, so that's like the long and short of it. No. My first job was going back to the school in the summertime and cleaning it before everyone came back to school at the end of the summer. I had, when I was about 12, I would do stuff in the summer at school, but it wasn't like a formal. Mine was a formal thing. I was like very young. I was like 12 And I remember I had to go to some government office to do some kind of application so I could work in violation of child labor laws. (laughs) 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 But it worked. They let you. Yeah, they definitely let me. And then, yeah, and then I went to the school and then, like, I would clean the desks off and then wax them. And then I would go around the hallways and wash the walls and wash the lockers out and wash the like all the graffiti out of the bathroom and it was it was really a fantastically fun job (laughs) it was like the seed of like my my loathing of other people like that was like that was the what that was the that was what started me hating basically everybody it's like i worked that job and it'd be like the second day of school and i would see like some kid i was friends with like take the pencil and put it on the wall and just like walk down the wall and make a big line down it (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, I fucking hate you. (laughs) Wow. Nothing makes you hate other people more than having to clean up their mess. Wow, yeah, and to clean up everybody's mess. Everybody's mess, mess, yeah. So that was was very influential, yeah. But after that, I worked at Subway. (laughs) I worked at a, a different sub shop. I worked at a competitor to Subway. Who was that? I worked at Jersey Mike's, <laughs> which I, they position themselves as an upscale competitor to Subway, but also at the time our main competitor. <laughs> we had a sub rival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, there was because we were in a strip mall, and in the next strip mall over, there was a Blimpy. So they were our sub rival. Like, we didn't even fuck with Subway. We're like, Subway is a constant. Subway is always going to be there. But Blimpy, we'll fuck you up, Blimpy. Like, we will take your coupons. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all got a a coupon? We'll take that coupon. We'll take that fucking Blimpy's coupon, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't go to Blimpy. Look. Yeah, my manager was all fucked up and evil and stuff. <laughs> I, okay, so I worked at Subway. No one cared about Subway. Like, we all did our jobs, but no one was worried about Subway. <laughs> it was like, it was me and um, this older lady who had, like, the most amazing, like, huge Farrah Fawcett hair. But this was, like, this was like 20 years too late, buddy. Yeah. Like, she had, like, amazing, like, Farrah Fawcett hair that was, like, antique. And then there was this other lady who who was extremely weird and me and i think that might have been it there was not very many people who worked there and it was like so it was an entire subway and all of the employees total were just three women Mm -hmm. that's pretty sick there might have been one other person i but i'm foggy right now all of the money that the subway made just split among three people so you made a lot of money right (laughs) yeah i did (laughs) (laughs) 
But as far as fast food jobs go, Subway's not bad. You just, like, because back then you didn't have to cook anything. And, like, you would just, like, very chill it out, like, make a sandwich and send, send them on their way. But now it seems, like, really complicated at Subway. <laughs> well, they have little ovens, and then they have bonuses, like, you can pay 50 cents for sprinkles. And it's just, like... <laughs> I haven't been to Subway since they stopped cutting the bread in the shape of a U. (laughs) When they got rid of that, I was like, I'm all right. This is, I don't care anymore. I want to go to Subway anymore. But anyway, there are more Subways in the world than there are McDonald's. No way. There are more Subways than any other restaurant. Subway is never, like, I've never met anybody for whom Subway was like their first choice. Subway is solely... They do all of their business based on just being the closest place to where you work. They do all of their business based on that. And they get all of the people who are like, oh, I don't want fried stuff for lunch. And I don't want to have like burgers. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they kind of market or they used to anyways. They market to people as being like healthier than going to McDonald's. They did when they had the pedophile who said that he got skinny mm-hmm. from Subway. Mm-hmm. It was before anybody knew any of the pedophiles. Yeah, he wasn't. So. I mean, he was a pedophile back then. <laughs> we didn't know about it. <laughs> and so, anyways, I ran a scam when I was in. So I was at Subway where I would just like skim sub club stickers really and so i would just like like if i would if i knew i was going like out of town for the weekend i would like just get a bunch of sub club stickers and i would just eat subway all weekend long <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like eating free at work only like on your days off <laughs> so you would you would like come to columbus mm-hmm. and you would give you'd be like oh hey i have a i have a full sub club card <laughs> <laughs> Crazy about Subway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just tick out. What's the statute of limitations on that? Am I incriminating myself? No. <laughs> no, you're so far past the statute uh, of limitations. No. I stole probably about, well, I probably stole a lot of subs. I used to give them to my friends too. But they were, think about it, because the equivalency rate is like $5 for a foot long. Like, if you got charged, you would have to pay back like $440 or something. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be great. It'd be like, oh, I could have used that money. But like, if oh, you had- what if I got canceled over it? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, God. Yeah, so yeah, so that's the, that's, that's the thing with... So yeah, so my second job was was Subway. My first job was probably illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I worked at the concession stand, it was like three twenty five or something, which seems illegal now. But that was like gas was ninety nine cents. So like it was, it still wasn't great. I think I think my first job, my it was three seventy five. But you're older than me, also. So I'm very barely. <laughs> I'm not that. I'm not older than you. You're like I'm very old. I am. <laughs> I am older than you only in the most technical sense. <laughs> in that I was I was born very slightly before you. Very old. <laughs> <laughs> let's like, let's move on. What are <laughs> he's like a month older? That's what I, I will. I will. I will. I will throw you a bone. What? I won't. I won't have people start a rumor that you you're 65 or something. That's, 
I've been, Natalie, I've been canceled for less. <laughs> this motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so three people, their first job was working in a restaurant, and um, half of adults have worked at a restaurant in some po- at some point in their life. Yeah, I know y'all are out there. Contact us, retweet when we post about this podcast. <laughs> retweet us. Yes, restaurant employees. You, uh, We're pro what restaurant employee. We're in favor of restaurant employee. We tip well. Anyway, speaking of restaurant employees and how great they are, 90% of restaurant managers and 80% of restaurant owners started at the entry level in, in the restaurant industry. So they worked at a restaurant and they're like... And they worked their way up to chain until they got to where they are. I think that it's kind of nice to think that there's up there's like upward mobility within the structure there because there's not a lot of places where there is a lot of ability for people to advance in, in whatever area they're working in. Especially not places where you can get a job there without a degree to begin with. This was something I read that I thought was very interesting because i have guilt issues about how often i eat out i feel like i feel like we eat out a lot right (laughs) (laughs) yes it's it's like one of those things that i feel like i'm i'm always trying to 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 work on like we need to try to not eat out so much like i I need to try to not do whatever i enjoy so much The average person eats out five or six times a week. Really? Yes. Oh, well, that makes me feel great then. I am below average, maybe. I love to be below average. <laughs> I thought that that was, I thought that that was, seemed like a really high number. People are eating out most days. Just taking a day off. Just one day. They take one day <laughs> off a week and they say, today I'm just going to have Triscuits. Mm-hmm. Millennials spend 44% of their food budget on eating out. But if they're eating out five or six times a week and it's only making up 44% of their food budget. Yeah, that's not bad then. The thing is, millennials are people born in 1980 plus, right? So there are millennials out there right now who are 39 years old. Right. So we're not we're not using the word millennials to talk about children. (laughs) These are definitely adults. So there are millennials out there that are 39 years old and have kids in college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's mostly defined by marketers to like sell shit to people anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Americans spend six hundred and eighty three point four billion dollars a year eating out. Total for America. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Think about that because there's like 327 million Americans. So Americans in general spend somewhere around 2000 somewhere north of $2,000 a year eating in restaurants mm-hmm. per capita, mm-hmm. per person. Mm-hmm. Part of what they attribute the growth of the restaurant industry over the last 30, uh, 40 or 50 years people getting older and not being able to cook for themselves as much. Single parent households and people having their work days getting stretched out longer and longer and longer. And so yeah. it's, it's like cutting into their day to the point where they will always eat out because it's like easier for them to just pick something up on the way home. Yeah, there, there are, there's been a growing trend of people who are able to work, they call it four tens. They work 10 hour work days. 
Mm-hmm. So they work from like seven to seven to six, right?、Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would have to. You're gonna go home and start cooking. Then you're gonna be tired. You wore out. You're gonna immediately start cooking. Of course, you would want to get Wendy's, right?、Mm-hmm. Or whatever. This podcast is brought to you by Wendy's. <laughs> That was interesting. So, like, people are in one more way profiting off of mistreating us. <laughs> well, it's good, you know. <laughs> you know, Natalie. If we're not profiting, somebody else should. Somebody is reaping the profits off of us. So that's well, they, so that's yeah. good. Well, they're monetizing the drudgery and、uh, indignity of of the lifestyle everyone's being forced into. Drudgery and indignity. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say millennial fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody's got to make money off the millennial fun world. We're all experienced. You know who's not making any money off of the millennial fun world? <laughs> It's restaurant employees. Ah,、uh, yes. So wait a second. So you're telling me that in a society with a class hierarchy, the working class is not bringing home profits? Now that doesn't sound. Oh,、right. you're telling me. The industry that makes six hundred and eighty-four billion or whatever the fuck dollars every year off of making everybody eat Wendy's because they've been worked to, to nearly death. <laughs> yes, Wendy's. That, that industry, which is making the money, all of that money, is not trickling down to any of the employees. Because the employees are twice as likely to be on food stamps as anybody else, and three times as likely to live below the poverty line as any other industry. You're saying the people that literally feed everybody, everybody, are not making enough money to survive.、Mm-hmm. Not making enough money to eat, even. So they're making so little money that they have to have supplemental free food so they don't die.、Mm-hmm. So that's what you're saying.、And、okay. The ones who work for the industry that made six hundred eighty-four billion dollars last year.、Right. That is the same shit like the tipped employee minimum wage, which is like two dollars and thirteen cents. So they're not even paying paying a lot of the restaurant employees minimum wage. I read something once online, and it seemed like multiple people had done this. Where they will take one dollar bills and they'll take five one dollar bills and they'll put them on the table when they go out to eat.、Mm-hmm. Um, they won't say anything about it because part of the whole scheme is being super passive aggressive about it. When their server does something that they don't like. They take one of the dollar bills off of the table and put it in their pocket. So I assume they they want the server to see the dollar bills and think about it and say, "Oh, I offended this person who is like a redditor <laughs> or <laughs> some member of an online community, right?" And so they will snap into shape and they will be properly subservient to the customer, but. But anytime the surfer makes an error,、uh, doesn't say I don't know, doesn't say thank you or something. I don't know what servers do that's wrong. 
Um, <laughs> but <laughs> they will take they will take a dollar off the table, and this is uh, some people who I I would imagine are like uh, you know libertarians or whatever. <laughs> they uh, they imagine that this is like a, a meritocracy type way <laughs> of ensuring good Dan- service. Making someone dance for a five dollar tip is like seriously the most fucking offensive shit in the entire world. First uh, off, a five dollar tip. I don't care where you're eating. A five dollar tip is an inappropriate tip. You can't give somebody two single one dollar bills. <laughs> I I I waitressed briefly, <laughs> and people were so like sanctimonious about their fucking tips. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> it was like the most fucking insufferable job ever like they would like write you snippy notes like i would have tipped you more but blah blah i don't give a fucking shit bitch i already (laughs) forgot who you are before i picked up that receipt and read it (laughs) i don't give a fuck (laughs) you're a fucking steak and shake bitch (laughs) (laughs) now natalie is this i i seem to recall you told me about your time at steak and shake (laughs) Now this is is this the job where you picked up a tray and I had a milkshake and the milkshake fell on you like down your front and you just set it down and you just walked out the door. <laughs> That's it. That's all I can take from this situation right here. Is that the one where you where you just said, "All right." Sadly, I don't think that I left after I dumped the milkshake down my shirt. Sadly, I definitely remember going up into the secret room of steak of steak and shake and like getting a backup uniform and changing and like trying to wash my bra on the sink because this bitch went down my it went down the front of my shirt. Oh, my and like God. It, like it, it was like if someone had held the neck of my shirt out and just poured it down the front of my shirt. Oh no. <laughs> So you were no steak and all shake. Yeah, I was all I was fucking sticky as a bitch that whole fucking night. Because <laughs> I worked third shift at steak and shake too, baby. That was the shit. <laughs> oh my god! They had some kind of thing though, where if you did not make tips that equaled the minimum wage, that they would cover you for that hour. Mm. So like, or, or they would average it out over the night. And if I didn't at least make minimum wage with my tips then they would pay me minimum wage. Well, that's as good as you can fucking hope for, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Wow. (laughs) That is really rough. But I, I made tips. All right. Because it was all drunk people and they usually tip pretty well. It sucked ass. It was fucking awful, but so is working just about everywhere. Yeah, I think everything about being alive sucks. And then (laughs) the whole time you're trying to avoid being dead. It's like, well, what am I going to do but be alive and work, (laughs) right? You don't have an option. So you told me, Natalie, you said, I've got a game for you. Yeah, but... That's my nut to bust, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
are you are you still working that one up no i got it I, you know i just gotta i have to i'm waiting for inspiration like it has to like intersect with the conversation like you have to it's just like the Wee herman magic word like you have to say something where i'm like ah it's time to do the quiz right <laughs> So we need to get off this bummer conversation about the indignities of of being alive and how we all wish we were dead because... I didn't say I wish I was dead. (laughs) I said it... It's an endless parade of indignities. Yeah. Indignity on indignity. (laughs) It's true. So did you know that FEMA has a metric... For determining the severity of natural disasters called the Waffle House Index. What does the Waffle House Index mean? So, FEMA, like, I really hope they do other stuff besides this. I'm sure they do. But, (laughs) (laughs) like, the easiest way to, like, get an immediate read on how an area is doing, like, immediately after a natural disaster. Yeah. Like, they will go to the Waffle House, right? If the Waffle House is serving its full menu, then their Waffle House index is green, which means that the re- like the residents in the immediate area have water and they probably have electricity. Okay. If they go to a Waffle House and they are selling, they're they're only serving a limited menu. Yeah. Like they don't have some stuff. Then that area has a Waffle House index of yellow, which means that power is out, but they probably have water. Okay, yeah. And then if they go somewhere and the Waffle House is closed, or the Waffle House, I suppose, is gone, <laughs> <laughs> then it is Waffle House Index Red, which means that that area like, has like the infrastructure is fucked up. Right, and I'm just realizing that we're, we're laughing, thinking about, for example, the sea level rising so much that all you see is the Waffle House sign. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Waffle House would probably be... Waffle House index red because yeah. you can't get yeah. into it because it's underwater. But Waffle Houses, they have all kinds of contingency plans and stuff in place, so they're especially good at staying open. If you're on a trip, that's pretty much the best place to stop to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of. Kind of? You it, you like Waffle House more than I do. I love Waffle House. Waffle House is great. You go somewhere else. Let's say you go... To one of my least favorite food options. Let's say you go to Burger King, right? Burger King is only like you're in the middle of some fucking place. Mm-hmm. You're in the middle. You go all the way out, yeah. right? And there's nothing out there. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my God, I haven't eaten in 17 hours. And there's a Burger King. And you're like, Shh, I gotta guess I got to stop at the Burger King, right? And you go there and they say something to you like, the king is the thing. You're like, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Just give me fucking spicy chicken nuggets. And they're like, we don't have that. We're Burger King. You're thinking of Wendy's. Like, yeah, (laughs) motherfucker, I'm thinking of Wendy's because I'm hungry. This podcast is brought to you by Wendy's. (laughs) (sighs) But Waffle House, you go and you can get chicken breast. You're like... Here's what I want. I want a waffle. I want it smothered. I want it covered. I want it topped. I want it licked. I want two chicken breasts. I want it kissed. And I want dogs on the side. And they'll bring it in its guy. What the fuck even is that? <laughs> they'll put nuts on it. 
they put cheese, hash browns, onions, chicken breasts, and then dogs on the side, one hot dog each, but they would not put the two hot dogs together on one side. They would put it one, it would be balanced. They would put one hot dog each on each side of the waffle. It would be flanked by hot dogs. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah. And they would do it with a smile. I will say that the people at Waffle House are always real nice. And I will say that Waffle House is better than IHOP. Yeah, no contest. No contest. It is definitely better than IHOP. So I will sometimes go to IHOP when I go get my hair cut. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> of course, as we all do. So I'll have, I'll have, I'll have my kid with me, and she takes it as like being a special event. Like we're gonna go get our hair cut, and then I'm very picky about who cuts my hair, so I have to drive an hour to go do it. And so it's like a, it's like an adventure. And so when we go on our adventure, we go to IHOP. Yeah, because that's where she wants to go. I had never gone to IHOP prior to our Jean's to IHOP. And every time, it is so disappointing. Like, my whole life of not going to IHOP, like, suddenly going, I'm like, this is, like, not that good. I wanted it to be, like, really fantastic pancakes, and, like, they're not that good. Spray whipped cream on it or something. Yeah, whenever I go to IHOP, I just get chicken fingers. I don't even like chicken fingers. That's, like, the best thing I could pick off the menu. Um, what would you say is your favorite kind of cuisine? Like, my favorite nationality of mm-hmm, cuisine? Mm-hmm. Japanese cuisine right now. I've gone through phases right now, Mm -hmm. Japanese. Because if you go to a Japanese restaurant that is specifically Japanese, they make everything in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Japanophile. I don't know uh, very much, never been to Japan. Good cuisine. And I'm not just talking sushi. I'm talking about ramen, teriyaki, tempura, Mm -hmm. right? They have a lot of things. Mm -hmm. What if I told you we're going to do a quiz? <laughs> oh. oh, okay. But All the, right. But, oh, but guess what? What? This quiz is extra fancy. It's extra fancy this time. Did you make a game board? We're playing Family Feud. There's no... You know, <laughs> you know people can't see this, right? This is an audio I recording. Can I can see it, though. And it's important that I enjoy this <laughs> podcast, too. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? There's... And it's also for you, okay? If you don't if you don't like it when I go the extra mile to show I care. <laughs> There's a game board. Uh-huh. I don't know how the game works. Okay. You've got ten items in there. <laughs> you drew the ten items so they're exploding. There's little lines around them so they're all, like, bursting. <laughs> can I pop? Can I pop? <laughs> Let me... <laughs> It's jazzy this time, guys. Let me pop one of the numbers. No. (laughs) Okay, there was a survey where they asked Americans what kind of cuisines they like to eat. There's a top ten list of what people like to eat. I did some math, and I split up 100 points on the board based on the percentage of people who said that they would eat that type of cuisine. And so... The whole entire board is worth 100 points. You I'm ready have to, to get, get 70 points in five guesses. I'm going to... You have five chances to get 70 points. That seems stringent. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Is it like ethnic 
Like yes. ethnicity, cuisine? Yes. yes. Okay. Because sometimes I'm not sure about the rules, and I don't figure out what's going on until after I fail. <laughs> if you try to say, like, Outback Steakhouse, then I will say you don't get the game, like, like stuff like Chinese food. I don't want to cheat, but my first guess is Chinese food. Ping! Oh, that's the number one. Number one, you said Chinese food. You- number two, easy Mexican food. Ding, ding, ding. Well, I mean, if all of them are going to be on the board. Honestly, you're not. E- you're not even it. looking at the Glockenspiel. You're you're <laughs> reaching. You're reaching over and. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next one is going to be Italian for sure. Got to be Italian because that's pizza, pasta. The, the top ones are easy to guess, but the three guesses. Mm-hmm. I have twenty, eighteen, eighteen. I have fifty-six points. You can't fuck with this. Okay, I need 14 points in the next two guesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's seven... Uh, what do you mean, but? The, the points are going to drop off precipitously. Because I, I tied the number of points to the percentage of people, and so, like, you're going to get, Is like, American a food? I mean, American, like burger and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Is that your guess? American, yeah. That's not on the list at no! all, brother! Come on! You're telling me people don't eat burgers? You got burgers under German? That's fucked up. Burgers aren't German? German's not even on the list either. Well, no shit, German's not on the list. You think people sit around eating sauerkraut? That shit's (laughs) fucked. (laughs) What else? Do you like how pretty my handwriting is? Yeah, your handwriting's really nice. I mean, what other countries are there? <laughs> it's based on countries. Yes. I'm just looking at a list of all the different countries, and I'm like, I've, I've eaten all these kinds of food. This is kind of like the Jeopardy music at the end, because you have one last guess. <laughs> That's That sounds nothing like Jeopardy. But okay, I'm going to guess, I'm and I'm just going to guess... I'm going to go with my heart based on what I like. Indian food. So how many points did I get? Nine? Son of a... (laughs) Number nine on the list. Indian food. I knew it wasn't up there. I knew... You only get four points for that one. I knew motherfuckers down the street are not getting Indian food. All right. You ready to see the list? Yes. Okay. Chinese, Mexican, Italian. I got the top three. 76% of people say they go eat Chinese. 74% 74% of people said Mexican. I mean, Mexican food. Mexican food. 71% of people said Italian food. Number okay. four. Japanese slash sushi. I mean, I believe it, but that's... 32% of people said that they liked to go to But that's food. only eight points. Go ahead and unveil the next one. Number five. See, you really screwed yourself when you missed... You missed... A, you didn't... You had one that wasn't on the list at all. Greek. Greek. You, food. 32% of people said they like going and getting Greek food. I agree with that. It's good food, such as aqueducts. Bonjour. Aqueducts is Roman, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, number three, Italian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see the rest. French food. Number seven, Thai food. I don't believe that. Thai food. Spanish food? My ass. You don't get tapas. Spanish food higher than Indian food? Come on. (laughs) Number ten, 
Mediterranean. Oh, I didn't think of that. I love that shit. <laughs> Thank you for losing this game. I didn't Thank miss- you for losing this game. <laughs> I didn't lose it by that much. You still lost, though. The goal is to get 70 points. You were so stringent. <laughs> I will take a picture of these cards and post a picture of them on the newsletter. So people will see them, and they will see that I was a good game inventor, the way I invented Family Feud. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) they will see how beautiful it was, and they will see what a fair and honorable game show host I am. You need to start getting on my level. You need to start winning more games. All right. You need to start... Passing more quizzes. Did you know 90% of children eat at McDonald's at least once a month? No. Isn't that amazing? That's the universal American children's food. 90% of kids. Yes. My kid hates McDonald's. Yeah, we never go to McDonald's. I think I go to McDonald's like maybe once every two years. We'll be like driving somewhere. It'll be like four in the afternoon. We'll be driving somewhere and she'll be like, I don't like McDonald's. Like, I didn't ask you. <laughs> or she'd be like, mm, I can smell at McDonald's. When I was a kid and I went to Catholic school, they had something once a year where all the teachers would try to pump us up and they would say it was called rock concert. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not being willfully obtuse. They would literally say rock concert is coming. There was a band, I feel like you could look them up. They were called Elaine and the Biscaynes. And they would play like rock cover songs. And then they would go around, and this was a Catholic school. They would go around and they would each give us one McDonald's cheeseburger. <laughs> like, like out of a bag? It was a very large bag. <laughs> were they all cold by the time they got around to it? I mean, I don't remember... But it was like, they did not give us fries. This was this was a matter of contention among the Catholic school children. They didn't get fries. Yeah, there were no fries. I was also not Catholic, but that's a future episode. Maybe that'll be, uh, maybe we'll do a paid episode about how I'm not Catholic. <laughs> Subscribers only. <laughs> Brought to you by Wendy's. (laughs) Brought? (laughs) Listen. McDonald's got us fucked up. But you know who would have brought us fries? Wendy's. Actually, before he died, my dad gave me a Wendy's hack. He said... (laughs) uh, He said, ask him to go back and throw the fries in again. I said, what? And he said, tell him when you go to Wendy's. Tell them to take the fries and get you out the fries and then throw them back in the fryer. And I was like, will they do that? He said, yeah, they'll do it. But I never I never wanted to. I was like, you should do it next time. Maybe I'll do it uh, for the podcast. That'll be a paid episode. <laughs> Brought to you by Wendy's. Brought to you by Wendy's. It'll be. You know, when I'm feeling like a little stressed out. <laughs> From my life of podcasting and reading about ghosts. <laughs> I just need to relax with a big bowl of Wendy's. <laughs> Wendy's is the only thing that I need. 
to live my life <laughs> as a mom. <laughs> as a mom. As a mom. As a busy mom. I need Wendy's. As a <laughs> as a working father, I was surprised to hear that American food was not on the top ten because hell, we all love Wendy's. <laughs> that was just like assumed. The question was, what cuisine do you like the most besides Wendy's? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it wouldn't be much of a game if we were to say, hey, pick me out the 1% of the population that doesn't like it hot and juicy. <laughs> and it's never frozen. <laughs> so... <laughs> Natalie, what what else do you have on deck? <laughs> Did you know that Colonel Sanders' favorite restaurant was White Castle? <laughs> <laughs> That's not real. How is that real? <laughs> it is real. <laughs> But he was famous. <laughs> it's the Colonel's famous recipe. Yes. His famous his famous recipe was to go to White Castle. Was that was his favorite restaurant? He apparently was not into Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like after it got take, like he sold it or whatever. I don't know what his relationship was with it. He sold it, and then like the company that bought it like made it yucky, and he didn't like it. Uh, and he said the gravy was real shitty and all kinds of stuff. Did he really? Mm-hmm. He turned his back on his own fried chicken. Because they've ruined it. Kentucky Fried Chicken created in Corbin, Kentucky. And the reason I know is I've been, I hate to admit it, but I went to the first KFC uh, on purpose. I went there. Was it the same as all the other ones? Yeah, because it had been acquired by Yum Brands, Which is the stupidest brands name in the world. Yeah, Yum, yeah. I would never invest money in a company that had a name like that. I mean, you have to have, like, some kind of uh, standards for your company, aesthetically, if you're going to be doing this. You know, <laughs> if I were to create a shell company that, <laughs> that owned KFC and other brands, <laughs> I would call it Big Chicken Energy. <laughs> big Chicken Energy? Yeah, I mean, it's good. I got that big rooster. That's what's happening. Yeah. No, I went and they had uh no to their to their credit, they had something called Colonel's Buffet, which is seldom seen in KFC. Uh and they had all of the different organs of the chicken out and you could get them. And you know what? I haven't had White Castle in a very long time, but I would not pick it over KFC because if you actually White Castle has really good chicken sandwiches. That's always what I would get at White Castle. But I haven't gone to White Castle in a really long time either. See, I didn't know that. I just assumed they had onion burgers only. So They also have chicken rings. What is a chicken ring? It's like a chicken nugget, only it's a ring. <laughs> <laughs> what they used to. I don't know. I haven't, like I said, I haven't been there in a long time. Now they have Impossible Burger, which is a burger except it's made out of algae or something. Yeah. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know who doesn't have algae burgers? Wendy's. <laughs> but you know what they do got? They got hometown smiles. <laughs> and they got Frosties. <laughs> Brought to you, you know, by Wendy's. <laughs> you know, you know, here's <laughs> here's a Wendy's fact. When you go and you get a classic frosty, right? <laughs> yep. When you go that as feel when I get a frosty, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no. When you go and get a classic frosty <laughs> this was there. This was Dave Thomas's original idea. Check this out. So when you go and get a frosty, you notice that it's chocolateish, right? It's not chocolate, chocolate. It's not like if you go to Dairy Queen or you go to somewhere and you get chocolate, chocolate. Because originally Wendy's thought, oh, if we just if we make the frosty just be like really total chocolate. It's going to be a chocolate overload for our customers. So the original Frosty is half chocolate, half vanilla. Mm-hmm. So it is not even full bore chocolate. They give you a half dose of chocolate. It's a subtle chocolate. It's because Wendy's cares. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wendy's. <laughs> I... So do we have do we have any are we tapped out? I think we're tapped out of uh, facts. Do you have any any closing ideas about restaurants? They're a place you go when you have food at home but you don't want to eat it. You have to tip a lot. You know, if you're a Bill Gates or a Warren Buffett, tip somebody $1 million. Think about it, because you don't care. I would give $1 million to malaria. Well, sure, you're Bill Gates. Give it to uh, your server, whose name is like Catherine. (laughs) Give it to her. And that's like a real, you know, she would go out and fight the mosquitoes for you. So... (laughs) think about it (laughs) so listen thank you for listening thank you for listening to Garbage Brain University Bill Gates if you're listening to this uh, give a million dollars to just somebody normal just like because it's funny because it would be really funny because then you could track them and you'd be like lol (laughs) Bill Gates you should also consider trying Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, you know, you might have a billion dollars, but that's not how much it costs. It's only going to cost you a few bucks and you can get a good... They have apple slices, which is weird but healthy. So, think about that. <laughs> uh, listen, we get a shout out to Substack, which is substack.com for giving us the technology. Does Substack mean under the stack? It does, under the stack. So Substack, actually never ask them what that means, but uh, nothing means anything because nothing is real. And uh, again, sign up. Listen, sign up for a paid subscription. If you have anything you want to know about from our mouths, tell us just one word. Say one word of something you want to know about. 
and we will give you facts and uh, our ideas. Again, our theme song is Electric Flower by the Melvins. And uh, I'm Drew Toothpaste. I'm Natalie B. And uh, we hope you'll listen to us next time. Good night. Don't forget to read the Garbage Brain University newsletter at garbagebrainuniversity.com. No corporations have endorsed Garbage Brain University or allowed Garbage Brain University to use their corporate or business name. In the podcast, all mentions of Wendy's, Burger King, or other corporations are meant for humor purposes only.